Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Miles, show notes today. I I started out with clickbait. I know that's what it is, but I couldn't help myself. So, New Gingrich pressing warning to the GOP, better pay significant attention to uh, Michelle Obama. And I, I think I got that from you, didn't I? No, I, 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 in, in the interest of full disclosure, I have Michelle fatigue. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Listen, I start, maybe Ludwig, you know, I get you too confused. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's listening. So... Um, no, I am. I am a lot smarter and much better looking. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he knows that. Listen, though, I'm when I get this article, I'm going to listen. I think the world of Newt Gingrich. Maybe the guy's yeah. onto something. In fact, my show note. You know, I think he's onto something. But I didn't add that note until I started Googling, and then I thought, no, no, I need the truth on this. So I went to to DuckDuckGo.com. Don't need Google to blow a bunch of far left extremist nonsense at me. So I went to duckduckgo.com and I hunted. Listen, her name's being floated everywhere. And if I were President Biden, of course, he's not thinking about this from a rational point. But if somebody, whoever the actual president is, were sitting there watching this, um, what's the name of the lady that used to be part of of the Obama administration, then lived with them and served as the... You know who I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, it's um, Susan Rice. Who left, who just recently left. About the time that Newt Gingrich was putting this forward, I'm going right. to guess that his his inclination was to say, uh-oh, they're starting to move the pieces around on the board. Now, Biden may or may not think he's actually running again. Folks, and don't misunderstand me, I know that he's announced. I, I get it. I understand. But I I submit to you, and I believe this, that he's got to say that, or he immediately becomes more of a lame duck than he already is. So he's got to say, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. But somebody at the last minute may sit him down and say, no, you're really not. Uh, but I do see some characters starting to take shape around that. And they may actually have a contested primary, which will be fun to watch, I must add. No, Mike, um, RFK Jr. Yep. Announced, and the more I hear RFK Jr., yep, he is more of a classical, uh, old-time liberal Democrat. He is. He is actually a liberal. Keeping yeah. keep, keep in mind, folks, that I've been saying for several years on this show and off that there aren't any liberals by political definition. There aren't any liberals left in the Democrat Party. They're all progressive, hard socialist, or communist. I'm not being shrill. Poli-Sci 101, if I just look at definition, that's who they've become. But to your point, Miles Bauer, he absolutely is sounding like a Kennedy Democrat, which is, and we joked about that during our own primary with the 17 candidates on the stage. If you could have taken JFK, and put him on the Republican primary stage in 16, he'd have fit right in the middle of that group. That's where we've slipped. Am I off off base when I say that, by the way? 
No, and you know, you know, the thing that kind of confirms it for me, and I'm going to love watching the these primaries, even though apparently Biden doesn't want to have primary debates, which I find fascinating. How could he? Yeah. I mean, think about it, honest. I, and I'm, I got to defend the guy for a minute. He does not know, I'm quoting my father right now, he doesn't know if he's a foot or horseback. He right. has no idea. And I'm not, I'm not besmirching him. He is clearly not the president. I don't have a clue who is, but he isn't. So the notion that he's going to stand on that stage and look like Ronald Reagan running for a second term in a debate is just nonsensical. It's, it's, it's a non-starter. Um, right. He's just not. It's just, I mean, I don't blame him. How could he? So, right. so you'd have, as it stands right now, three, four, maybe five Democrats on a primary stage with the president defending his own, own nomination not there. That's kind of what he's suggesting. And that might be wise for him, by the way. Hiding in the basement in the last campaign seemed to work okay for him. Well, I mean, keep in mind, like we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before last, they, they've already got my, um, my governor and the Wicked Witch of the North is going to hit the road on, on behalf of Biden, which I think is, is laughable. But, you know, the, the other thing I find fascinating about RFK Jr., when is the last non-interventionalist Democrat that you can re remember? I, I can't in modern history. I really can't. But what that tells me, and, and by the way, the media is filled with the civil war that the Republican Party is going through. And I've wrestled with the self both on air and off, and I've come to decide that I think it's good for the Republican Party to go through this internal strife. It is a strife, but it's good for us. It's how the best ideas come forward from both sides of the divide with our, within our party. But the media doesn't like to talk about the fact that the, the Democrat Party have gone through this and continue to go through it. I think Kennedy is proof of that. Yeah, they are. They are trashing him out like he's a joke. Oh yeah, but he's not. He's he's right. He's going to get center-left candidates. Now we yeah. could debate for multiple episodes about how big that is, but he is absolutely going to garner people that do not want to have a president staring off into space or falling down and up the stairways. How many times right. can you remember a president falling up the stairways? I, right. I, I'm not making fun of him but he's not presidential material. Right. That's that's kind of how I see that. So these, and by the way, I think that's where we started with this. I think that's why Michelle Obama, you and I are both wore out with her. I get that part, but it's why her name is being floated because the Democrat Party itself is desperately wanting somebody else. And well, I, they, I don't I blame mean, them. Think about it. They, they, have, they have grossly depleted their, their bench. They have. Well, that, I, I agree with that. Um, absol absolutely agree with that. All right, we've only got a couple minutes before we've got to go to break, and I want to touch on this. China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran are investing in ways to nuke us. This is an article from Fox News, but I found variations of it in a number of different places. Um, is this click Miles, is this clickbait? Are they just writing hi hyperball, or is there something to what they're getting at with us. Well, 
it depends on how you define nuke. I do think they want to economically damage us. And honestly, the first thing I thought of when I was reading this was, remember back in the day when the adults invested in something called the Strategic Defense Initiative? <laughs> I do. Yep. Star Wars. And, and, and when folks say that Reagan defeated communism, the Soviet Union, he, and I think this goes to your point, correct me, but he flatly priced them out of the market. And he yeah. did it with the the uh, Star Wars initiative. Um, that that was my interpretation then, as it has remained. And I've warned us, by the way, with all of the crazy expenses that we're loading on top of our own sinking ship, that we're doing what they did. They couldn't right. do national health care and defend themselves against Ronald Reagan at the same time. Um, in fact, we've had Russians on the show who left after the fall of the flag who said that how they became aware the Soviet Union had collapsed was the fact that their health care card was no longer accepted. That's that They found that out before they actually got to the announcement and the pseudo-coup that took place in the Soviet Union. So fascinating history, but the most fascinating thing about it is that there are so many lessons in it that tells us the direction that we are going, and we need to be careful to pay attention to it is how I see it. Listen, folks, we've got a really fascinating topic coming up after the break. Stay with us because we will be right back. The Unvarnished Truth with Mike Hewitt. Let's think about it. Transgenderism represents 1% of the population. Drag queens are a fraction of a percent. The overwhelming majority of our youth haven't attended a show and aren't transgendered. The gay and lesbian community represent 5% of the population and aren't bothering anybody. Meanwhile, functional illiteracy, 54%. Random acts of violence and murder, record high. Southern border, wide open. 18% of Americans, homeless. U.S. children living in a broken family, three times higher than the rest of the children of the world. Seriously, the far left has us debating the obvious. As they work to convince voters, we're the party of no. Imagine, they paint themselves as freedom fighters and us as authoritarians. We've ceded center-right voters to them over nonsense issues. We're smarter than this. Want to save America? Stop fretting over leftist bait. Offer voters problem-solving solutions. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You'll like it. So listen, Miles, folks, I got to describe something to you. What motivated me to do that 60-second feature this week, and I do one every week, have been doing it for a long, long time, but after last week's show, I got an email from a listener named Steve Patterson. In fact, I asked him for permission to talk about his email on the show. He gave it. He, the, the point of it was he'd been a long-time listener, agrees with 90, his words, 99% of what we talk about, um, except for he did not agree with my comments on the drag queen issue. And I wanted to highlight it, but I also wanted to talk about why I was talking about it, because I think that's, in my view at least, maybe I'm all wet here, you folks decide, um, but but I think it's critical. I, that, Miles, one of the things I've really drawn from you over the years of you being on the show is the media throwing out you know the shiny objects uh, to get everybody's attention, and so 
When I look at the drag queen scenario, I quipped last week. I offered a statement in passing. I talked about going to, not me, but my my Jim Brown and other police officers from what used to be the Pontiac Police Force, them and their wives going to the drag shows in Detroit. Entertainment, great fun. Couples went, they had a lot of fun, and they went home. Um, and I... I I, I got to tell you, I think that I think the, the listener, Steve, nice, nice guy, by the way, I'm guessing that the way I articulated it was a mistake. I am not lessening its importance. I've got nine grandchildren. Um, Miles, you and I both are fathers. We've got children. I, I don't want this stuff in our elementary schools. I don't I don't want any sex in our elementary schools. That's right. not the proper role for education. I don't care if you're straight. I, I don't care about any of those words or any of those topics. When I look at the math, and the la- and the math says 54% of the adults in America are reading at sixth grade or lower literacy levels. I go, holy smokes, and we're arguing about a beer can? Really? That's the only problem we got is Bud doing a numbskull ad? I don't drink Bud anyhow. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just telling you. It don't. It doesn't matter to me. My granddaughters, my grandsons, they don't drink Bud. They wouldn't know about that dumb commercial if the media hadn't thrown out a dozen balls to constantly keep bouncing around to make us on our side of the divide look like we're solely focused to scream no. They make us look like we're on constant alert over what is in truth non-issues. And I get that I'm going to make some folks mad at me with this. But I look at the country. I'm watching this story unfold in New York City with the subways. I can't imagine how they could find 8 million people to live in that desperate, nasty, heck hole of a city. I can't fathom moving there. And we're worried about a beer can? Seriously? So I, 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 I got to reel myself in a little bit, Miles. On, and I want your input. You tell me if I'm all wet. But when I look at what's going on in our country right now, and we're debating 5% of the public with gay and lesbian people that aren't hurting anybody, and we're, I tried to find the math of how many people are actually trans, transgendered. It was way less than 1%. That's what the math said. I tried to find the math on how many people were were drag queen cross-dressers. The percentage was immeasurably, literally, immeasurably low. And I'm thinking, really? This is all the airwaves and the print media is filled with? Miles, help me out. Am I a nut on this topic? Yeah, just just quickly, one, one aside, I was reading an article yesterday. This will really scare you. Only 13% of the kids in school today understand how our government works right that should that should tell you volumes right but 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 to your um transgender point yes they want to throw all the sparkly stuff in front of you to distract you from an open border from the decay in cities where people are living and defecating on the sidewalks shooting up all the crime that's occurring in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, they don't want you to see that. 
They just want you to see all these sparkly things. So we're arguing over beer cans. And, and, and we've joked about for years on this show, every Christmas I bring up the same thing, you know, about, a, you know, baby, it's cold outside, how the left went crazy over that song. And I go, at the time I'm going, really? That's what you're upset over? You, you can't take your, your, your husband or your wife or whatever you're with and your children and safely ride on a subway in New York City. You can't do that. And so Ludwig, when he's on board, him and I will get into the debate over how people used to dress versus how they dress now. And in fact, I did a whole episode a few years ago, had a picture of a subway in 1955, and the, and I can tell you it was 2015 I did this the episode. So there was an image from 1955 and then a subway shot of it. It looked like the same subway, by the way. Obviously it wasn't, but one from 2015. In the 1955 picture, everybody was clean. They were they were reading their newspapers. They looked they looked industrious. Think about that. I have no clue who they are, but they looked industrious. They were clean. They had this is the word I, this is the word I'm trying to I'm grappling for. They clearly had self-respect. And when I looked at the subway picture from 2015, I went, "Holy smokes! It looks like Biff Tannen did become the president." Not a shot at Trump, not a shot at Biden. I'm making a shot at our culture. I personally blame it on the media, and I blame it on social media. But holy smokes, without self-respect, you can't have respect for somebody else. Without respect in total, you get what you're watching in New York City. Is it safe to ride the L in Chicago, Miles Bauer? Mm, It's dicey. Think about that. One of the greatest cities in the United States of America. We're not talking about Cambodia. We're not talking about the Soviet Union. We're talking about major cities in the United States where you don't feel safe to take your family. And we're worried about what they put on a beer can? Honest? I think the right, my side of the divide, has gotten lost in the woods in their echo chamber that I call social media. And they're twisted up over absolute crap that's being thrown at them on purpose. It's absolutely being thrown into your wheelhouse on purpose. I believe that passionately, and I think it's one of the things that's causing our breakup on this side. Keeping in mind, I already talked about the fact that I'm glad we're having internal strife because I think we're going to be better for it. But the road to the end of it is bumpy. We're down to seconds before the break, Miles. What say you on this? I just wish that our side of the divide would focus more on making the American people's lives better and not worried about Hunter Biden's laptop or the weaponization of the FBI. Absolutely. Amen. And Miles, that all goes to the gotcha stuff. And that's what the, the, the entertainment news and what we're seeing on social media, all of it, um, that's what they're ramming down our throat. They did it to us. We got to do it to them. No, I want solutions, folks. I want solutions for these problems. I don't right. care about the gotcha crap anymore. I don't want to say I beat them because I acted just as like they did. That's not beating anybody. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back.
Okay, folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer, and I got to tell you, before I jump into the back end of the snooze, I want to brag a little bit. I am, this show is produced at WHTC, beautiful Holland, Michigan. We got folks listening from all over the country. We are blessed. Thank you very, very much. But I got to brag, normally when I think about West Michigan, right on the lakeshore in May, I think of snow. It's actually a beautiful day here. It really is. Sun is shining. All right, listen, I want to jump back in a little bit to where we were uh, before the first break, talking about news. I, and I need you to help me. You got to coach me on this, Miles Bauer. So I'm reading what I was talking about back then, 20 minutes ago. China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran are investing in ways to nuke us, and it goes on and on and on. You read the article. We talked about it. Very next article on my list is Ford unveils new Lincoln Nautilus to be imported from China. And I go, wait a minute. I thought China and us were on the path of war, and everybody hated everybody, and don't trust. We got spies, we got balloons, and we got Lincoln moving to China. I'm trying... <laughs> I'm trying to make that contrast work in my head. What say you, Miles Bauer? I think we uh, talked about this a couple, couple weeks ago. I think people like Granholm and um, others up there in the Whitmer Correctional Facility, they own stock in some of these companies yep. over, over in China. And I think this is more about the Benjamins. So what you're telling me is I just want to – I just want to summarize, make sure I got it. You're saying skip the fancy geopolitical overview and follow the money. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting out of that. So I, you know, don't quit worrying about the bombs, start worried about, I, I listen, I think sovereignty is important. And you know, folks, for those that don't know, I spent most of my adult life in the car business. Probably better than half of that was, was in mid-level or senior management running large Ford dealerships with Lincoln Mercury. Uh, Mercury, that tells you how old I am. And I, I've been pretty loyal all, all that time, but it makes it hard for me to uh, stay loyal. It does, because I, I asked the same question back when you and I were arguing over over uh, Toyotas versus, versus Fords during the Reagan administration. I find it tough to be loyal to a company that's not loyal to us. I do. Tell me I'm wrong again, and we'll move on. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it goes back. I mean, even my, my father was a uh, dealer owner of a Chevrolet business back in the 50s and 60s. Right. And he would say um, GM's quality is just going through through the basement. Right. So GM and others invited the foreign folks to come in and take over the industry. And that was what was so, so sad is that Detroit sold out. I, you know what? You're, you're right about that. And so was he in fairness, as much as I don't like it. In fact, at the time when you and I first found ourselves locked in the debate of buy American versus take care of your wallet. That's how I interpreted it. Um, I, at the time, Ronald Reagan was saying, if we do this, our products will get better. That's the, I'm not quoting him, but that was a paraphrase of what his point seemed to be. And as much as I found it distasteful, 
it's, he's been proven to be correct because the American products have come significantly further down the road of quality since then. I think it's unfortunate that our products in America are loaded up to your eyeballs with government regulation that does absolutely nothing but cause crazy money, and it's created dozens of cottage industries that we pay for. So now when you're looking at a, you know, a pickup truck, keeping in mind my idea of a pickup, because I'm old school, is heater and a key. Long bed, heater and a key, regular cab, that's a pickup truck. Everything else is just a fancy car. Uh, but a regular fancy pickup truck that I think of as a car now is fifty grand and up. I have a tough time getting my head around what we're being forced to buy. That's not the fault of Ford or Toyota or anybody in between. I put that squarely, frankly, on voters because we elect these nimrods with these crazy policies that they advocate, and then we pay for it and stand around with our, our mouth agape going, why did that cost so much? Because uh, you voted for the Nimrod that insisted on all that nonsense, get packed into that car. Keeping in mind, 32 years of my window, we're looking at it through a dealership window. That's the vantage point I see here. So I was the guy making decisions on how to floor, have financed several several millions of dollars of vehicles to have on display for you to view. And, I, and that, that causes you to look at them way different. I'm just telling you, it does. And what what is the percentage of foreign parts that you can still have on a car and the car can still be referred to as built in America? I, is that I, like 15 or 20 percent? I don't know the math anymore, but I know that the Moroni tag, the window sticker that's on a vehicle sold in the United States, uh, has to have assembly built. And what gets a little bit confusing about that is that all of the parts could be made in Vietnam but if it were assembled in the United States, it gets very gray-areaed. And, and there are probably folks that, and I've not been versed on it for a while. I've been out for a while. So I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm not at all the authority on that. But to your point, the law is pretty doggone squishy. It doesn't yep. point it out the way it ought to. I'd rather right. a total content. fifty. And I can tell, by the way, when I look at a vehicle identification number, whether it was built in Canada, the United States, Mexico, uh, Japan, etc. Right away, the, the VIN number immediately tells me first digit, by the way, so I don't have to scratch my head and wonder which of the digits it is. I like that part, but it, it to your point, content, you and I have argued that for years, and I've lost probably all of those debates because it's it's too, it's like Ludwig, it's too squishy. Right. And he's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> Poor Ludwig. All right. I l listen. Let's change gears a, a little bit because I can't always stay away from the school thing. But when I was ranting early before break um, about fifty-four percent illiteracy with adults that are reading at sixth grade levels or lower, and I and I stumble across an article. This is from Fox News again. I found it in several places. Colorado Teachers Union passes resolution declaring capitalism inherently exploits children, public schools, they add. Capitalism inherently exploits children, public schools, land, labor, and resources. That's what their resolution reads. Um, and yet, so this is where they're lost. This is, this is what they're thinking about. We're arguing over beer cans. 
what they're thinking about is how they can flip our system into a communist state. But that's what they're teaching our kids. And yet, and yet the folks that we're identifying as adult, 18 and up, uh, this third world level reading, uh, Miles, how can they be focused on one thing when the other is such a crisis? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that was what I was referring to earlier when I said only 13% of the kids in school understand how our government works. Right. Look, if you have a bunch of people who can't read and they don't understand how state, local, and federal government works, we might, I hate to sound shrill, but we are lost. So I'm, this is a, a number of years ago, but I was a speaker at an event with roughly, I don't know, 150 people in attendance, all political activists, grassroots, state of Michigan people. And so you'd think grassroots, state of Michigan activists. I was uh, in my 50s at the time, probably one of the younger persons in the room. So we're, we're talking about uh, either close to retirement or retirement age people. I asked how many people here, show of hands, know how the state of Michigan, both parties, nominate statewide candidates. So candidates such as our Secretary of State in Michigan, um, Attorney General, etc. Uh, and about three people raised their hand. And I, folks, I tell you, that's that's vastly more important than what the Colorado's resolution is, some numbskull resolution that serves nothing. I know it's very, very frustrating. Folks, we've got to go to a break again. Stay with us. We got one more chapter to do. Now, you know, Miles Bauer, this is one of those things where I actually wish Ludd was here because this whole thing is inside his wheelhouse. And I say that respectfully, folks. Um, our Ludd, our other co-host that uh, actually teaches micro and macro economics uh, at the university level. So my topic is from ZeroHedge.com. What if the Fed has lost control? There's, there, And they go on to say the U.S. economy and its financial system operate under the implicit belief that the Federal Reserve controls the direction of the economy and finance. I believe the opposite, Miles, and I need you to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the opposite is true. Fed controls little. The mood of the market controls everything. What say you on that topic, Miles Bauer? Yeah, so apparently what, what happened right after the 08 financial crisis is that the the Fed kind of came in and artificially created economic act activity so that we didn't go into the Great Depression 2.0. Right. But what what happened is Wall Street got addicted to quantitative e easing. So in other words, basically if Wall Street lost, right, the Fed would come in and make up the loss for them, okay? And so every time the Fed tries to back away from that now because we've gotten out of that, that financial problem, Wall Street basically throws their crayons across the room and they get all bent out of shape. Right. Okay, so they, they have, so now, now we have a spoiled Wall Street that won't allow 
the Fed to back away from that idea. Right. So we we have this. I mean, it's like it it, it is it is like you get to go to Vegas and if you win, you win. But if you lose, the Fed's going to come in and give you your money back. <laughs> and I can tell you from personal experience, that does not happen. I have right. been I've been to Vegas. I lost. And that was the end of the story. I, I listen. The the problem that I see with it, and I don't, I don't have yours or Lud's scope on this topic. To me, though, when I look at the Fed, that the only thing that they can do is negative. So they can mess with the the uh, uh, the interest rate. They absolutely can do that, and that will, to your point, spur activity or slow activity. They've they've been historically train wrecks at doing that. They, in my view. They always do it at the opposite times that they should be doing it. If they should be slowing it down, they don't. They throw everybody through the windshield with a complete stop. I've talked about that a number of times going back as far as, you know, George Bush Sr. going, wow, thanks for destroying multiple industries in your zeal to slow down a supposed overheating economy. But to the greater point, a lot of this is Fed money. It's not just them playing with 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 the interest rates. When I right. say when I say Fed, I'm switching gears a little bit. It's the federal government spending money, injecting huge, huge numbers of fiat currency into the economy. We've talked about that this at Lightum on the show. But what it does is it causes inflation. And so yep. it becomes the, the, the cat chasing its tail. Um, it, or the cat chasing the you know the flashlight dot on the floor. It's it, it's a nonsensical uh, action and and the only thing that can take place is what we watched Ronald Reagan do. If you actually want positive results, make people feel good and feel secure, feel safe in what's going on. Make them proud to be an American. And I don't say that politically, folks. I'm I'm saying realistically, you know, the left, the far left, because again, there's no liberal. The far left wants you to feel bad about being an American. Those things are economy killers. That's that's my fervent belief, and I think history supports that as a truism. It doesn't work. You know, to cause people to say, please feel bad about what your ethnicity is, about where you were born as, feel bad about everything. How in the world does anybody think that's going to do anything positive for anybody other than the folks that want to keep their hands on the levers? Yeah, no, and you know, the, the uh, problem I see... The inflation from the late 70s and early 80s and Reagan began pulling money out of the the economy. Right. And what it did was in inflation went up higher and a lot of people lost their their jobs. And the first two years of the Reagan administration, Reagan's numbers were worse than Biden's are today. Right. But what it did eventually beginning in the spring of 83 is that it turned the economy around by the time we got into 84 the economy was racing and that was the reason why Reagan won re-election right. but un unfortunately and I, I'm not happy about this we're gonna have to go through some pain to get out of this I, I think you're exactly correct I think it, it, it's the old it's the old uh, axiom that there's no good way to get the Band-Aid off, rip it yeah. off or take it off slow, but it's going to have to come off. 
Um, and now I'm reading from uh, actually from Gallup, a Gallup, Gallup poll about half in the U.S. worry about their money's safety in banks. And this is my words again, the confidence of folks steers the market. And so I, I, everything you said about Reagan was exactly true. And in your uh, your articulation of where we're at was spot on. But then I say again, folks have got to feel better, and they're not being made to feel better. And that's probably the biggest uh, roadblock to economic um, an economic turnaround. And and, yeah. and that's the politics. They're they're politically being made to feel bad. I, I just that's just mind-numbingly stupid to me that leadership. Regardless of party, by the way, folks, anybody that thinks making others feel terrible is going to actually cause a mind mind numbing. All right. Um, GOP lawmakers subpoena FBI for document on alleged Biden criminal scheme uh, involving foreign bribery. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, Miles Bauer? I am so tired of this. This is just... Yep. Just stop, please. It's what we were talking about at the beginning. It's exactly yeah. why I saved it for this spot, because everybody will go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike is finally, and Miles is finally talking about something that, and, and folks, it's gotcha politics. It will not solve. It doesn't offer anybody. As, it might make you feel better for a second, and then you remember that there were no problems. There was no solution to the problems. That's my point. So while everyone is, is hopping up and down with excitement that the new House of Representatives might pay them back, understand that when either side pays the other side back, all Americans are who pays the price. That's my view of it. And I'm not saying let him off. Laws matter. Right. But but, but you know what, though, Mike? I mean, it, it goes back to what I said last week. When you have Americans deciding... Am I putting another gallon of gas in my gas tank, or am I going to the grocery store to buy dinner? Right, 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 right. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say this guy's name, but I want to get this out before the show's up. I've, um, Ramaswamy. Am I saying it right? Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't know how to say the guy's name. Right. He's running for office uh, as yep. a, as a Democrat. Reveals where the real divide is in America. No, no. No, uh, he he is running as a Republican. Is he? All right, but he's a centrist. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's probably where I got that. Got that. He's words whoever he is. I can't say his name or get his party right. I'm on a roll. The dividing line in America right now isn't between rich and poor, black and white, or even Democrat and Republican. It's between those who are fundamentally pro-American and those who are anti-American. That was a tweet of his. This guy's getting a lot of attention. Who he's getting the attention from are people in the center right, the ones that I've said often on this show lately that we've walked away from as a party. That's who's listening to this. And by the way, Miles, I happen, we're down to a minute, but I I happen to think he's spot on with that. What say you? Yeah, no, he's an entrepreneur, so he comes from uh, business. Um, is very articulate. I don't know if I necessarily agree with everything he says. Agreed. But yeah, you know, I mean, I I welcome him into the arena of ideas. Yep, that's exactly how I saw that. Listen, we are out of time. Last, 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 last comment. 
writer's strike, and I said, I didn't notice. I can't stand their stuff, so let them strike forevermore. <laughs> Shame on me, but I just don't care. I remember right. them going on strike before. I've got 99 channels of absolute rubbish. So the idea that I'm going to miss them, <laughs> that's funny. That's dumber than the Budweiser can. Listen, folks, do me a favor. Write me at the Mike at the MikeHewittShow.com. Find us at the MikeHewittShow.com. By all means, you'll pick us up on Spotify and Apple Podcast. We thank you very much for listening. Be safe. We'll see you next week.